Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministry. So glad that you'll be able to join us today. Before we get into the Word of God, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord, and we thank you for this ability to be able to get together to hear your words today. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to receive your word today and let them get sunk, sunk deep within our spirit as seed on fertile ground, Lord, and let the words just come bubbling up from our spirit when we need them to defeat the enemy. We thank you, Lord God, and we thank you for all your wonderful blessings, both great and small, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God and welcome again to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And as always, uh, if you don't have your Bible, take a moment and pause this message to go grab your Bible and come on back and unpause it so that you can then see what we're talking about today uh, in the Word of God, because we believe that everything that has to do with the Word of God can be found in the Word of God. And it's important that you're able to look and see those things um, for yourself. So go grab your Bible if you don't have it and then come on back and, and, and join us. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about staying in the fight, okay, staying in the fight. When we hear the word fight, oftentimes we, we, we think of something negative, right? We think about, you know, two people that may have lost their minds and they, you know, decided to engage into a fist fight. You know, we think about somebody being punched or kicked or, uh, or, or seen out of some sort of action movie where there's an actual physical altercation that takes place. And oftentimes we forget that life is a fight. Fighting isn't just, you know, some some major event that takes place where 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 there's just, you know, it, it, where it's got to the point where two people are just so angry at each other that they come to blows and that it's some major, major, major struggle. But we have to fight every single day in our lives to obtain the things that we want. Well, it's no different in our spiritual lives. We're in a constant battle and we constantly have to fight to be able to obtain the things that God wants us to have to be able to obtain those blessings that he laid out for us. Here in Oregon, the, the last few days, we've had some very cool nights. And it's been a fight just to wake up in the morning, you know, because I'd rather just roll back underneath the blanket and, and go back to sleep. But I have to get up and I have to go to work. So it's a fight just to get up to go to work sometimes. You know, if you raise kids, it's a fight to, 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 to raise your kids because you need to be involved in every aspect of their life. You need to understand what they're being taught in the schools or, or what might be talked about in daycare or, or, or wait, what might be even talked about in, in children's church. If, 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 you're, if you're attending church uh, in, in person and you have kids going to children's church or you have your, your, your children going to uh, some sort of a kids Bible group or something like that, you have to know what's actually being taught to make sure it's in alignment with the word of God. It's a fight to keep your marriage strong. Okay, and again, you know, a fight doesn't mean this major, major, major struggle or this major battle, but fighting simply means that you are taking a stand to protect the things that you care about, to protect maybe your beliefs, to protect uh, um, your, your, your belief in the word of God or, or your belief about a particular, let's say, political subject or something like that. That's all that fighting is. But we need to make sure that we're able to stay in the fight when we have a spiritual battle in front of us. So let's look at what the word of God says and let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 22, Genesis 22, uh, excuse me, Genesis 32, we're going to start in verse 22, all right, that's Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, uh, and this scripture is here that we're picking up on, this is when 
Jacob was made aware of the fact that his brother Esau was coming to visit and Jacob was afraid that Esau was going to, to, to harm him. And so he sent his servants ahead of time with uh, some gifts to Esau as a way to try to show that, hey, you know, you know, please have some have some mercy on me. So that's what we're picking up now. And he arose, he being Jacob, arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Underlined, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun arose on him and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that uh, in the muscle that shrank. So what we see here is that Jacob wrestled with this with this man until the breaking of day, as in verse, as it says in verse 24, several hours he wrestled with it, with this individual. OK, and in our lives as Christians, we are in a constant fight. And it's not a fist fight like you might see if you're watching a boxing match. It's a wrestle. It's a struggle. It's something that is up close and personal. Okay, the Bible talks about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it's up close and personal. It's close quarters. There's, there's grappling and grabbing involved. And there's twisting and turning of joints in ways that you might not even think your joints can actually twist and turn. But that's part of our battle that we have as children of God as we're in this life. But the critical thing is, the, is to understand that, that we have to maintain that. We have to continue to fight on to be able to obtain the thing God has, has, has in store for us. The thing about wrestling is that there's no teammates that can help um, cover up your weaknesses. When you're in a wrestling match, it's just one-on-one, mano-a-mano, you and that individual, and there's no way that, that, that any of your weaknesses will be covered up by a teammate. Any weaknesses you have are going to be exposed. As, a, as, as you're wrestling and you're close in, in combat with each other in close quarters, you won't see where that attack comes from. You have to be able to be on your on your on your on your guard and, and be on the defensive and attack at the same time because you don't know where that attack might be coming from. Jacob wrestled several hours from night until sunrise, despite having his hip knocked out of its socket. And if you know anything about the hip, it's a, it's a very complex joint, but it is something that is critical in our daily functions. If you've ever had a hip injury, okay, you know how hard it is to, to be able to, to, to move around and do things that you would do on a, on a regular basis. Being able to sit down and get up out of a chair, walking up and down the stairs, being able to stand, being able to walk without compensating on, on one side or the other because your, 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 your hip is hurting. In fact, I can tell you as a football coach, one of the things that I always tell my players is I say, you know, 
when you're going to hit somebody, right, you're going to make a tackle, you're going to make a block, anytime you're going to make contact with somebody, you have to drop your hips. You need to get lower than, than, than your opponent. And getting low doesn't mean that you bend at the hips and get your head and shoulders lower, but you drop at the hips because that's where all the explosive power comes from. That's why they, they, we, we, do, we do squats in the weight room, okay? Because that's where your, your, your power is going to come from, from your hip. So you can only imagine what Jacob was going through as he was wrestling for several hours with his hip out of its, out of its socket. It wasn't an easy task. And oftentimes when we get into struggles, we have to understand that the enemy is going to hit us in certain ways that, that, that might twist us or bend us in a position that's, that's highly uncomfortable and that it might hurt. However, we can't give up. We have to keep going on. It's not so, it might not be something that's small to overcome, but we need to continue to go, to go on. The reason Jacob didn't give up in this battle is because he was looking for a blessing. Okay? He was seeking after a blessing. Because he said in verse 26, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he, Jacob, said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So Jacob wanted that blessing so bad that he wasn't willing to allow the pain of his hip, which I could imagine was excruciating pain, deter him or stop him from continuing to fight. You got to understand something, saints of God. When God puts a blessing in front of us. The devil can see that blessing. He doesn't know what that blessing is, but it's almost like a little kid on Christmas. You know, as a child, when I when when we, when we woke up on Christmas morning and, and I looked under the tree, I saw all of these beautiful gifts that were nicely wrapped under there. And I didn't know which ones were mine and which ones weren't. I remembered what I asked for, but I didn't know what was in those packages. So there was excitement there uh, of I can't wait till I get that gift and open it and see what it is, because I know it's something that I that, that I've asked for. It's something that I'm waiting on. Well, when God puts that blessing out there, many times all we see is a gift that's wrapped up. We don't know what's on underneath that wrapping. Well, the devil also sees that gift and he doesn't know what's under that wrapping. The only thing the devil knows is that that blessing belongs to you. And the only thing that we know is that blessing belongs to us. And see, the devil, he can't touch that blessing because it doesn't belong to him. That blessing that's out there is still God's property intended for you. So the devil can't go and grab that blessing and take it and, and hide it from you. Instead, what he can do is he can hold up something else that looks a little bit better than that. Instead of the devil wrapping up a present and putting it in front of you and saying, hmm, which one of these do you want? He'll actually reveal the quote unquote gift that he has for you to try to distract you from that blessing that God put in front of you. Eve did see did see. She saw the fruit that was on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't wrapped up. She saw it and the devil used that to deceive her to say, look at this fruit. Okay. You won't surely die. You will be just as God knowing good and evil. And it's and the Bible says that Eve saw that the fruit was pleasant to the eye. That's why she went ahead and grabbed it and took a bite of it. And then her husband, Adam, saw that his wife did this thing and he followed in his foot, in his foot, in her footsteps, excuse me, instead of actually remembering what God told him. What the devil will do is put distractions in your way to keep you from focusing on God, to, to have you forget what God told you, and what God promised you, to have you look at something that seems to be better on the surface than what God actually had intended for you. He'll throw all sorts of roadblocks in your way to alter, alter your path to get to that blessing. But the reality of it is, is that blessing is sitting right there waiting for you to grab it. 
So we got to stay focused. We have to stay and continue to, to continue on with the fight. Regardless of how many times we may get hit, we have to continue to fight. We have to stay in the fight and we have to refuse to quit because we know that that blessing that God has for for us is going to be well worth the struggle. And when we follow after God's blessings and we continue to seek to obtain the blessing that God has has given to us. It makes it easier for us to not tire and not to be weary. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to go to verse number 28. Okay. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. I think that's where I want to start. Yeah, let's start verse 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Underline that neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. The God that we serve, he doesn't tire. Okay. He doesn't tire out whatsoever. All right. Everything that, 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 that he accomplishes is on his timeline. So just because things aren't happening the way that we think that we should, it doesn't mean God is somehow taking a break or that God is sitting back and taking a vacation and saying, I'm too tired to deal with it. It's all going to be on his timeline because he doesn't faint and he is not weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Oftentimes people, and you probably, you probably know some people that are like this. I know I certainly do. They search for the things they, they search for answers to, to philosophical questions like, what's the meaning of life? Why was I created? Why do things happen the way they do? Why is it that it seems like good things happen to bad, uh, uh, bad people and bad things happen to good people? And they do all of this searching and they search in the wrong places. Well, what this scripture here is saying that the things of God cannot be found in the things of men. You cannot find the answer to your questions. You cannot find God by sitting up on a mountaintop somewhere, wearing a robe, making all sorts of chants, trying to clear your mind of everything that you know to try to let something new in. You're not going to find God in that bottle of alcohol. You're not going to find God in drugs. You're not going to find God in men or in women or in money or in multiple houses or in multiple cars. You're not going to find God in the, in, 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 in the workplace. That's not the places that you search for God. This is why so many people don't find God because they're looking in the wrong places. The Bible of it in, in and of itself. Okay. is just a book with some words and some pages like any other book. What makes the Bible so powerful is when you have the Holy Spirit in you, when you've accepted Jesus Christ and you allow Holy Spirit to minister to you, to tell you what the Bible actually means. That's when that Bible becomes a weapon to defeat the enemy. This is why there are so many people out there that can quote book, chapter, verse about the Bible and they can say, oh yeah, Genesis 22.5 says this and Revelation 19.1 says this and Psalm 32.10 says this. They can quote all of that, but the reason why they don't have that deep understanding is because they haven't allowed Holy Spirit to come into them and into their life and to minister to them, to show them what the things that, that, that the word of God says. 
And when we and when we recognize that that the answers to our questions, we should be going to God for those questions and not to other men. Now, understand God uses people oftentimes in our lives. So 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 I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't go to a pastor or, or someone that, you know, is, is is living a godly life to ask them questions about things. I'm not saying that at all. But ultimately, the answers to our questions lie in God's grasp. He can tell us if he chooses to. So we should be going to him. And if we do that, then we understand that the fights and the battles that we are in are simply because we are God's most prized creation. And as his most prized creation, the devil doesn't like that. And so the devil attacks us over and over and over again. And that's why we have to continue to fight, because as long as we are on this earth, we are going to be in that battle. We didn't ask to be in this battle, but as, as the fact that God created us has thrust us into that battle. So we need to continue to, to, to stay focused and that we need and we need to continue to fight. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love those. I love that scripture so much, so much. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. All right. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So that means that the strength that you need to fight the battles that you are in, you're not going to find that anywhere but other than going to God. Okay. And the reason why we become weary in battle it's because when things don't go the way that, that we think they should, we lose, start to lose joy. We start to lose hope. Okay. We think that, that all is lost. We, 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 we at times can even feel abandoned by God because we think that God should have responded in a certain way and he didn't. But if we stay focused on God and if you wait, wait, wait in verse 31, underline that double underline where it says, wait, wait on the Lord. Your strength shall be renewed. The things of God only are only obtained through perseverance and patience, perseverance and patience. That's the only way you could obtain the things of God. OK, he will strengthen us in our in battle as long as we are running the race that he set before us. Sometimes if we're you know, if we're if we're in a battle and we're starting to feel weary, we need to take a step back sometimes and ask ourselves, Lord, am I running the race that you set before me or am I running somebody else's race? Am I doing what you are calling me to do or am I doing something else that someone else is telling me that I should do? You see, sometimes we, we, we go to people for advice about things and they give us some advice and they may even ask, like, why are you doing that? Like this, this God that you're serving, you know, why would he have you going through that? And we forget that when God called us to do something, that's the person he called. When God spoke to you and reached out to you, and told you that I want you to do this, this, and this, he was talking to you and not anybody else. God doesn't hold a conference call with a whole bunch of people to tell one individual what it is that he needs them to do. He calls out to you. So if he's telling you that this is what you need to do, or this is what I want you to do, this is the direction I want you to go, this is the person I need you to speak to, then our questions and our advice and on, on how we should do that, we should be going to God. God will give us that answer. And then as we struggle or as we fight to, to, to obtain that thing God has, has, has set out for us, understand that he will also strengthen us. God will never ask us to do something and then not prepare us to do it. 
Okay. He will never give us something to do and then not prepare us to do to do something. The patience we must exercise in the battle is how we gain experience to be victorious. I'm going to say that again. The patience that we exercise during a battle is how we become victorious. Victory doesn't just happen overnight. And if you rush to become victorious, you might miss all the lessons that God is trying to teach you. You think about anybody in any kind of sport. You think about a wrestler, an MMA fighter, a boxer, a football player, a basketball player. Okay, where they get their uh, uh, their ability from is constantly practicing, constantly being put in, in positions where they have to overcome some sort of adversity. If you ever watch some of these, 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 these athletes on TV, some of the things that they can do when they're under pressure is amazing. But the reason why is because they're constantly putting themselves in that position to find out how am I going to respond under adversity. A boxer doesn't get better unless he actually fights. A boxer has to have has to has to go into the boxing ring and spar with a sparring partner and go through all of this training and, 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 and know what it feels like to actually get hit in the face or get hit in the stomach so that when they get to the actual boxing match, when they're actually fighting against someone that they've never fought before or just fighting or maybe they fought the person before. But now it's, it's the second time that they're fighting each other. They know what it feels like when that gut punch comes. When they get hit in the face unexpectedly or if they get knocked to the canvas and they get back up, we can't avoid battles in our lives. We can't close our eyes and think that somehow the devil, if we ignore him, that he's going to ignore us because that's not the case. You can pretend all you want that he doesn't exist, but I guarantee you he will show up and he will make your life a, 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 a living nightmare if you don't understand the things of God. Okay. So in order for us to become become victorious, we can't rush through the battle. We can't rush through the battle. We have to exercise patience and perseverance. You know, I was just on vacation um, not that long ago, actually, just got back earlier. um, I got back last week. And and while on vacation, you know, one of the things we had is we we had some macaroni and cheese. And and when it comes down to making some good macaroni and cheese, it takes time. Sure, I can go to the freezer and grab a, uh, a macaroni and cheese dinner and pop that thing in the microwave. And a few minutes later, I've got some macaroni and cheese. But when you bake macaroni and cheese, it's a process. OK, it has to sit in the oven for a certain amount of time. And it's got to be a certain temperature that that oven is on so that it gets cooked from the inside. Because you can look at the macaroni and cheese on the outside and you can think and look at it and say, yeah, that macaroni and cheese is done. It's not until you go and penetrate into the middle of it to see how the noodles and the cheese and the milk all comes together. It's not until you look at that that will actually tell you whether or not that macaroni and cheese is done. So if we try to push ourselves through a spiritual battle for, to, for, for the sake of being done with it because we don't want to deal with it anymore, what's going to happen is on the surface to other people, we're going to look like we're done. We're going to look like we've got everything in order, that, 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 that we're okay, that we can handle any battle. But then as soon as the devil comes and hits us, we fold up like a cheap suit. Why? Because internally in our spirit, we haven't been able to to stay in that fire long enough to be cooked thoroughly. That's why God allows us to be in battles for quite some time, because he understands the importance of uh, of not looking like you're prepared for battle, but actually being prepared for battle. David didn't look like he was prepared for battle. He was a, a, a little shepherd boy. 
But the reason he was prepared for battle was not only because he defeated the lion and the bear, but because he recognized that God was the one that gave him the skills and the ability to defeat that lion and the bear. And therefore, with God at his back, internally, he was ready to go against this nine foot something uh, uh, Philistine named Goliath, who was a, a, a warrior from his youth and was able to tell his brothers and, and that, 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 you know what? I'm going to take down this Philistine because God delivered me from the, lion, the, the, the paw of the lion and from the bear. And this Philistine is going to be no different. For him to stand in front of Goliath and tell him that I'm going to take your head from you in front of all of these people because you dare defy the armies of God. You dare defy God's people. So I'm going to take your, your, your head from you. That's what David did because he was done on the inside. One of the things we should be asking ourselves when we're in the battle is what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? What am I learning from this? What am I learning about myself? What am I learning about my God? What am I learning about my family, about my friends and those that are around me as I'm in the midst of this battle? Because if you can get yourself to that point and asking, what can I learn out of this? You'd be surprised how God can minister to you. And you'd be surprised how, 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 how going through that is going to prepare you for the next battle that you're going to face. But we have to maintain um, perseverance and patience. We also have to understand that quoting scripture to the devil doesn't mean an, an immediate ceasing of attack. Again, I'll use the boxing example. Boxers, when they're in there, they're trading punches throughout the day, throughout the fight. All right. A boxer's not going to get hit once and then say, OK, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to quit. No, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And whoever wins that boxing match is the one that continues to persevere and go on the offensive and to continue to try to throw punches and land punches and not come to uh, um, and not quit and give up just because they got hit. Well, when we quote scripture to, to, to the devil, first of all, we have to believe what that scripture says. Second of all, we have to understand that he is going to counterattack. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. And we're going to go to verse number 10. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We also have to understand that when we are hitting the enemy with scripture and the Bible says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you means that it's a constant resistance before he flees. It's not a one and done quote of scripture and then he flees. Okay. And we're going to look at that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Underline that. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We have to recognize that our strength, as I said earlier, our strength comes from the Lord. OK, and, and if we can, if we believe he is who he says he is, and if we believe that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, that's where our strength comes from. That's where our strength comes from. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed somebody to help you out with the with, with that particular situation that you were going through. And when they said to you, yep, I'm going to help you with that. I'll be there for you. Don't worry about it. What kind of confidence did that give you? Right. That, that, that gave you confidence knowing that, hey, I can go take care of this thing and I'm not alone because this person is going to be there with me. That, that, that gives you strength. Well, if we know that God is going to be with us, that's where we get our strength from. 
Finally, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be, may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. If you don't have all of verse 12 on the line, on the line, all of that highlighted, bracketed, bookmarked or something like that, because this is a scripture that reminds us, all right, that the battles that we are in are spiritual battles. Regardless of the people that are involved, these are spiritual battles that we are in. And if we can remember that, then perhaps we start looking at people a little bit differently when they start coming against us. When we understand, when, when we look at politicians and, and we see them doing things that we're like, I can't believe this person is doing that. Okay, we can understand that it's not the politician, that there's forces of darkness that, 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 that may be driving that, that particular politician to do the things that they're doing, to say the things that they're doing, or that individual at work that's giving you such a hard time. Or maybe the fact that you weren't able to obtain that promotion because spiritually, okay, spiritually, that's not the position God wanted for you. Because if you were in that position, perhaps that thing will turn into something that you were not prepared for. Or something that God didn't want you to be involved in. Or there were certain pressures that were going to be put on you to do something to where you might even cave. Where you might even cave to those pressures knowing that that's not what God would want you to do. And I can tell you from experience, there are times when I've applied for jobs, gone on interviews, second round interviews. And I thought, oh, man, yeah, I think that re went really well. And I think I, I, I feel like it went well and I may get off of the job. And then I get told that, no, sorry, we're going to go in, a, in, in another direction. A couple of months might go by and I see some of the things that that person is, is, in, is involved in, some of the challenges that they've had. And I sit there and I look at it and I say, you know what, Lord, I'm glad that I'm not in that because I wouldn't that I would not be able to deal with that. OK, or the way that I would want to deal with it is not something that you would want me to deal with it in that manner. Or it might put some undue stress on me that I really don't want to have to deal with. OK. So we have to look at things that happen around our lives in understanding that we're not wrestling against flesh and flesh and blood, as it says in verse 20, it's verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly in heavenly places. This scripture can get you through some stuff. OK, that scripture can get you through some stuff. It has gotten me through a lot of stuff. OK. I remember one time there was a, a, a situation going on and, and I was remember sitting at work and I was on my computer doing something here and, and, it, and it, the situation was, was bothering me. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I just said, all right, Lord, reveal to me what, what, what spirits are in operation, what forces of darkness are, are in operation in, in, in this particular situation. And I'm sitting there and I'm typing away and I could hear Holy Spirit speaking to me. He's telling me it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And there was such a righteous anger, <laughs> if you will, that came over me where I locked my computer. I got up and I took my break. And I remember I was walking around the, the, the Capitol Mall area there, which is, is an area where there's a lot of people there and other, a lot of uh, government workers that, that walk around that area and people coming in there to, to have picnics and things like that. So there's a lot of people around. And, but the righteous anger was so strong that I got up and I walked outside and I just started praying and I started binding up all of those forces and the, and the forces of darkness in the name of Jesus, not caring about, not even thinking about who, who was around me 
to the point where I was walking down the sidewalk and somebody was driving up to uh, to park their car. And I saw the car pulling up and I just kind of glanced over to see to see what it was. They stopped and they looked at me and their eyes got big. They actually ended up changing their parking space. OK, but the whole reason I, I say that is that I had to stop and ask God by my actions. I had to remember this scripture and then go to God and say, what forces of darkness are at play here? So that I knew to go to, 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 to battle them, not with, with me and not with, with, with Brandon's ability, but to be able to pray to God and start binding those things up in the name of Jesus and using scripture to hit those forces of darkness. Okay. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able uh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, underline that, all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Underline that, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, because that's the only offensive weapon in this armor. Praying always uh, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, underline in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. A lot of powerful scriptures there, okay? What these scriptures are telling us is that we have to plant our feet firmly in the things of God, okay? We have to plant our feet firmly because the devil will not cease his attacks, okay? In verse 16, the reason why it has you underlined all the fiery darts of the wicked one is because that shows that the devil is going to fire darts at us multiple occasions, Multiple times the devil is going to try to try to attack us. That's also why in verse 18, it says uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful. All right. Because we need to go to God and ask God what's happening around us, because only God can see uh, um, um, 24 seven into the spirit world, because that's where God operates in. OK. And I know some people might listen to this and say, now you talking about spirit world and the supernatural and forces of darkness. Wow. I just, yeah, I, I, I can't go there. You know, I, I just, I just don't believe all of that. Well, Jesus himself talked about demons. Okay. If we know God is a spirit and we know the devil is a spirit and we know that our true selves are spirit, then why do we not think that the spirit world actually exists? We can't deny the fact that there's a battle going around us all the time. Spirits don't sleep. So when we're sleeping and we're resting, it doesn't mean that the devil isn't trying to get at us. It doesn't mean that he's not trying to plan an attack at us when we're, when, when we're at, at a resting state. Satan was planning an attack on Jesus when Jesus was hungry, when he was in the desert. He saw an opportunity to go after Jesus, and he did. He took that opportunity. The reason why he wasn't able to win was because Jesus knew the word of God. But Jesus himself, being the son of God, was attacked three times by Satan in the desert, back to back to back, three times, three times Jesus had to hit him with scripture before the devil finally fled. 
So we can't think that as, as human beings, none of us are, are, are Jesus Christ. So we can't think that, that, that somehow that the devil is only going to attack us once. We can't get frustrated when we quote scripture to, 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 to the devil, but he doesn't, he doesn't stop his attack, that he keeps coming and coming and, and coming. Because that's what he does. Because if he keeps coming at us, what he thinks is this. What he thinks is that if I keep attacking a child of God, that that child of God is going to grow weary, that that child of God is going to give up. And somebody out there might be in the middle of a battle right now that they've been going on for so long, for so long. And to whoever that is, I'm going to tell you something. The devil is waiting for you to give up. That's why he keeps coming at you. Okay. The devil thinks that if, if he can hit you just one more time, that you're going to get knocked on that canvas and you're not going to be able to get up. But you have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And understand, you hit him with scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture until he ceases his attack. Because the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. He might not flee on scripture number seven, but he might flee on scripture number eight. Don't stop fighting. Okay. Stay in that fight. Continue to study the word of God. Continue to know the word of God. Continue to allow God to, 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 to strengthen you in your time when you're feeling weak. And the devil will flee from you. So in order to stay in the fight, we have to make sure that we are staying focused and staying connected to God. We need to make sure we're praying in the spirit. We're allowing him to minister to us. That we're staying watchful. Okay. The Bible talks so much about being a watchman and what the role of a watchman is. Okay. And that's a whole nother sermon in and of itself. So I won't, I won't get in, get into that, but we need to be on our guard. We need to, to, to be paying attention and watching for, for the things that are going on out there and taking everything to God. Like it says there in uh, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being able to go to God and say, Lord, what in the world is going on here? Okay. So that we're not, we, we, we don't succumb to the trickery of the devil. Okay. Staying in the fight. We have to also understand in closing here, Jesus had to fight his way to the cross. Jesus had to fight his way to the cross. We don't think about Jesus having to constantly fight and battle forces of darkness during his ministry here on earth. We don't think about that a lot, but he had to. We don't think about the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, that when he was being tempted in the desert by Satan, that he had to fight to get the devil to get away from him by using scripture. He had to fight against spirits of doubt of all those people that were doubting that he was the Messiah just because he didn't come adorned in all these fancy robes and, and, and clothing and everything. He had to battle spirits of Antichrist, not the Antichrist, but spirits of Antichrist that denied he was Jesus Christ. He had to battle spirits of infirmity anytime, every time he had to heal somebody. Okay. He had to battle spirits of error that were trying to twist his words into being something that they aren't. Okay. Jesus had to fight every step of the way, even being the son of God. He was a man's form. And what Jesus did in his ministry here was to show us that this life isn't going to be easy. However, however, I'm giving you a model. I've given you the model on how you you need to conduct yourselves by focusing on me, by listening to me, by going to my father, 
by using Holy Spirit to, to, to reveal truth to you and to comfort you and to guide you and to give you discernment. OK, Jesus set that model for us. So if Jesus was able to fight his way to get to the cross so that we could have access to eternal life with him. Why do we think that we should just give up the fights that we're in? Praise the living God. Well, I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Uh, and as we close, let's close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just want to thank you for the words that came forth today. And I pray for everyone that has heard these words and, and ask, Lord, that you would strengthen every single one of us. Strengthen us to fight the battles that you put in, in front of us. Strengthen us to be able to go to you when we're feeling weak or we're feeling weary, Lord God, and just renew a fighting spirit within us to come against all the things that the devil would try to put in our path, knowing that what your, what your word says is true, that if we resist him, that he will flee. So, Lord, just help us in our battles. Help us to continue on. Help us to not lose hope. Help us, help us to not lose faith and to, to stay focused on you and to trust you and to believe in you and to have faith that you are who you say you are and that you will deliver us from every situation that we're in. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would continue to watch over us, that you continue to keep us safe, Lord, and that you would help us to remember that we can do all things through your, through your son, Jesus, who strengthens us. These things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, if this message was a blessing to you, I pray that you think about passing this on to others uh, and downloading our other podcast. You can find us at Genesis1.sermon.net. And there's also a subscribe button on that page where if you click on that, you'll receive notifications anytime uh, new content is posted. So I pray that you go in his perfect peace, that you go uh, strengthened and knowing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that you face every battle that comes your way, knowing that you will be victorious and that God has got you in his hands. Praise God. Take care and until next time.